0: Welcome to the Illuminated Word podcast. Each day we'll look at a text from the weekly readings from the Westgate Church Bulletin. We will look at background material and also application of the text. So once again, welcome to the Illuminated Word podcast. Our reading today comes from Luke chapter 14, verses 25 through 33. I'll be reading from the English Standard Version. Now great crowds accompanied him, and he turned and said to them, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you desiring to build a tower does not first sit down and count the cost, whether he has enough to complete it? Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish." What king, going out to encounter another king in war, will not sit down first and deliberate whether he is able with 10,000 to meet him who comes against him with 20,000? And if not, while the other is yet a great way off, he sends a delegation and asks for terms of peace. So therefore, any one of you who does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple. Now when we read this, this is pretty challenging to be honest. Jesus says some things that are really hard for us to comprehend. So let's just tackle verse 26. Jesus speaks in very stark terms here as he says that we must hate our own family, hate our own life if we want to be his follower. Now, people may think, well, that's kind of crazy. Jesus called us to love other people and he called us to have strong families and to be good fathers and mothers and obedient children. So what in the world is he talking about? And in the Middle East in that time, it was very common for people to use um, exaggeration. And so here he is using this metaphor, so to speak, this exaggeration in terms. And what he's talking about is that our love for God should be so great, our love for Christ should be so great that compared to our love for others, it's almost like hate or dislike for that other person. So it's just a contrast here that our love for God should be that great in comparison to our love for even our own lives. And many Christians would take this literal. They would go to their deaths as martyrs because they love Jesus so much. They're willing to give up their own lives. So that's what he's talking about there. He's not saying literally to hate your family, but he is saying that our love for God should be so much greater than our love for our spouse, our parents, or even our children. Our love for God comes first. And in the first century, they would have understood this because many of them lost their family members because of their faith in Jesus. Many Hebrew or Jewish families would turn their back on their children who became Christians or children turned their back on their parents that became Christians. And we even know that it divided some families, husbands and wives. As you look at 1 Corinthians 7, you have the situation with unbelieving spouses and believing spouses. So it was intense in the first century. It cost a lot. To follow Jesus then he says in verse 27 something very interesting and it's easy for us to understand this because we look back in 2020 hindsight back through the cross but realize when Jesus says this he's not been crucified yet he says whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple now this is a weird saying and they would know full well what he meant by this a victim would be forced to carry their cross through the street it would usually be the cross beam that they would carry across their back to the place of execution. And Jesus would actually model this later. It is interesting to note, especially in the Gospel of Matthew and other places, when Jesus makes these commands, he models these commands in his own life. He shows exactly what he's talking about. But this idea of bearing your cross would be so strange to these people because bearing a cross would be shameful. But Jesus says that's what it's going to be like. You have to bear your own cross as you follow him. Now, this doesn't look much like our discipleship today, does it? We preach a gospel of basically the, the minimal requirements to get into heaven. You know, What's the minimum I have to do to be a Christian or to go to heaven and be saved? Jesus never preaches like that. I mean, in verse 28, he says it's like building a tower. If you're going to embark on this major building project, you better think, okay, can I finish this? And he said, if you're going to be my follower, you better think it through. This is serious business, and it's going to cost a lot of you but the benefits are gonna be eternal life. He says something interesting too that many people miss in verse 31. It's a cultural argument. And he's referring to something that's actually happened in that day and time, probably maybe even that very year. Uh, Like we know a lot of the intrigue that goes on with the White House and Congress, this would be in the government of Galilee. There's Herod Antipas, who is the son of Herod the Great. Herod the Great was the Herod that was in power when Jesus was born. This is his son. Remember, Herod Antipas is the one uh, that married uh, Philip, his brother's wife. And John the Baptist called him out. And we know in chapter 13 of Luke's gospel, he was beheaded because of it. So this is the same Herod. Herod, when he divorces his wife, it is the king of Aretas' daughter, who is the ruler of the Nabataeans. And it embarrasses King Eretus. And so Eretus wants to go to war with Herod. Herod only has 10,000 troops. Uh, the Nabataeans come out with 20,000 troops because of what Herod has done, the horrible things by uh, divorcing his wife and marrying his brother's wife and having this uh, illicit affair uh, that was in a public embarrassment and it embarrassed his father-in-law. And in his hubris, he knew he was outnumbered, but he still did not sue for peace. And he was routed and he was embarrassed. And eventually that incident led to Herod Antibus being put in exile. Uh, after Jesus died, probably just about eight years or no, about five years after Christ died. So I'm going to read verse 31 to you now. This will make sense what Jesus says. And you can imagine his audience may be chuckling a little bit and laughing because they know exactly what he's talking about. So Jesus is poking fun at Herod. He says, or what king going out to encounter another king in war will not sit down first and deliberate whether he's able with 10,000, there's Herod, to meet him who comes against him with 20,000, which would be King Areteus. So this would be a A deliberate shot across the bow at Herod, who had just killed his cousin, John the Baptist. It's interesting now when we read this, it adds some flavor to the story. But if we're going to sit back and and take this in and, and, and don't explain this away, what we do many times in churches and in Christianity is we explain away the hard teachings of Jesus. And there's times we need to look at them for what they are. There is no qualifications here. There's no... Easy way around this when Jesus says, if you're going to be my disciple, this is really, really serious stuff. You need to count the, the cost. It's going to cost us something. It's going to bring about persecution. It's going to bring about tribulation. If we're truly following Jesus, there will be some rejection. There'll be some things we have to give up. And what we have to determine is, is the kingdom that important to us? Because if it's not, then when tribulation does come and bad things come our way, the idols of our heart will be revealed. So if we lose status in the community and people look down upon us or make fun of us because we are Bible-believing Christians, then if status is an idol that we hold near to our heart, then we're not going to be able to handle it. But if our true status is what God thinks about us and our standing with Him, then it's not going to affect us. So what tribulation trials tend to do is they reveal the idols of our heart. And what Jesus wants us to understand in his teaching is his kingdom must come first. We are to count the cost. We are to bear the cross. So I want to just say thank you for tuning in today and and listening to today's podcast. I know this is some sobering things, but we as Christians need to look at these tough passages and face them and not take the rough edges off of them. Well, God bless, and I hope you come back tomorrow and join Devin as he continues in the Gospel of Luke.